Welcome to The Anchor. Please join us for the next 15 minutes as people from our region share their stories of hope and overcoming life's difficulties. If I told you my story, you would hear hope. They wouldn't let go. Thank you for being with us today on The Anchor. I'm Rhonda Hardy, and today we have a very special special message of hope for the next generation. Today we have with us Mary Nolan. She's from Shelby County. She's a ministry leader to women and children at Brookville Road Community Church. She's an author, a speaker, and a foster parent. Thanks for being with us today, Mary. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, as we start our interview today, would you please just share a little bit about your journey that is leading up to foster parenting? Yeah, so right now I've been a foster parent for 14 months, but before that, I was about 23 when I felt the Lord calling me specifically to to foster. I think I'd always been drawn to adopting at some point when I was younger, kind of having a heart um, for orphans. But when I was 23, one night I was just in my bedroom praying and reading my Bible, and I came across James 127. And as I did, I read that verse about how the Lord considers it um, true religion to look after orphans and widows. And I had read that verse several times before, but that night I just knew that God was telling me and pressing it upon my heart that caring for orphans would be a big part of my life's mission and specifically to be a foster mom. So, um, I was only 23 at the time and was not married and was still living with my parents and everything. And so I was researching and just praying about it. And about a year or so after that moment, I went to the Christian Alliance for Orphans Summit. And as while I was there, I heard a lot of good information and good, good testimonies from adoptive parents and foster parents. And while I was there, I just knew that God was confirming to me that he wanted me to be a foster mom. Probably the main thing at that conference that really tugged at my heart or just made sure that it was going to stick is I was in a workshop where they were interviewing a young man who was now in his 20s, but he had been in 24 different foster homes in 12 years as he grew up. And while he was talking about it, he told us about how in some of the homes, unfortunately, he was mistreated. But um, one person from the audience asked him, of the 24 homes, how many homes that you were in were Christian? And he thought for a minute, and then he said, one. Mm -hmm. And when he said one, everybody in the audience, because we were mostly Christian, we all just gasped because we just felt like, oh my goodness, we should have been there for him. Mm -hmm. And um, as I continued to listen to him speak, I just had these like involuntary tears that were just running down my face for the next 10 or 15 minutes. Like I could not shake it that, um, no other Christians had stood up for him to help him and his younger brother when they needed it. And so that was just that moment to where I knew that I could never say no to God on that. I knew God was telling me that this is something I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you got a call. Mm-hmm. Did you, how did you go through the process then? Yeah. So once I had my own place, I, um, right away, pretty much the same month that I moved into my house, I started the process to become a foster parent. Actually, even before then, a couple months before then, um, I had to fill out a bunch of paperwork. I went through DCS, which is the department of child services in Indiana. And, um, 
had to go to some classes and get all the background checks and everything. But finally, when I got the call, um, I was actually out of town at the time I was in Kansas and I was expecting a call anytime at that point. Cause I knew that I was, my licensing had gone through and I was expecting a call. And when I got a call, the lady asked me if I could take, um, two girls that were in sixth and seventh grade. And, um, I was kind of, I did not want babies. Um, I don't know why I tell everybody though. I just did not want babies. <laughs> I really didn't. And, but I, because I knew that a lot of people are more open to taking babies and, you know, yeah. so I was like, I'm, I'm somebody that I don't want babies right now. So mm-hmm. let me have the older ones. And, but I was not thinking quite that old. And, mm-hmm. um, but I had, I had told the caseworker that I, that I'd be open, um, even before I got that call to girls of, of any age. And so, I um, asked her if I could take 24 hours to think about it and she said sure because I was out of town and they really didn't have any other options at that moment so they were willing to give me a chance to think about it and as I prayed and thought about it I just um, I just really I finally came to that point where I, I wanted to say yes to the girls I wanted to say yes to them and so I finally uh, t- talked to my parents about it and I said, I want to say yes to them. And then they were just like, okay, then do it. You know, we'll be behind you a hundred percent. And so the next day I told them, I told them that I'd say yes. And actually when they came to me then they were actually both in eighth grade. And so, um, yeah. And so the, the lady that had talked to me over the phone, she had never met them before. She was just the one calling me. And I don't know why she kind of looked at the information wrong, but they are only 11 months apart. So they're kind of like Irish twins. So their birthdays fall to where, um, they're both in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, that's when I got them there, 13 and 14. Wow. For somebody like me looking from the outside yeah. <laughs> on the inside, you know, you're young mm-hmm. and not married mm-hmm. and allowing two teenage middle school age girls into your home. That's yeah. a lot, you know, but you said yes to it. You said yes. And you wouldn't have done anything else. Right. Knowing that God was speaking to you. Yeah. I mean, they only lived 10 miles from me, so I didn't know them. But, you know, just to think they only lived 10 miles from me and they needed a place to go. How could I not say yes? Mm -hmm. Well, as we're talking about the organization that you went through Mm -hmm. and um, the one that you found out about when you went to the conference, Mm -hmm. share a little bit about how people can get involved, how churches can get involved, how they can find out about, um, you know, uh, the needs mm-hmm. in in their area yeah. as far as fostering. Right, yeah. Well, when you hear statistics about there's actually like almost 150 million orphans worldwide, and that's all so overwhelming. And then when you hear stats that there's 400,000 or uh, kids in foster care in the U.S. that are needing forever homes. And, um, but if you go to your just local um, DCS or here in Indiana, you can go to Bethany Christian Services, or even there's an organization called Safe Families. Um, Safe Families is not a foster care organization, but it is essentially a short-term Christian-based um, organization that helps. It's a, lo- a lot of it is single moms who don't have any other place for their kids to go. So if the single mom needs to just take a couple weeks to really focus on getting a job, she, but she doesn't have anywhere for her kids to go, then Safe Families steps in and helps. Or if she needs to go to rehab, Safe Families steps in and finds a safe place for her kids to go. So that's a really cool organization that's a, more of a short-term thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not um, you don't go into that thinking you're going to adopt. You just go into that thinking, I'm going to help this family for a couple months. Okay. And it's really... Um, you 
you reach out to the to the mom too, not mm-hmm. just to the kids. And then, um, like I said, if you want to foster and you want to do it through, there's different Christian organizations that you can try, like Bethany Christian Services. But I just went through DCS, which is just the government, the state government here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I'm just hearing too here lately. There's churches getting involved yeah. with foster care, you know, and their people are really opening up to it. And just like you said, the one young man mm-hmm. said there was only one family that he knew of that was a Christian family. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, people are stepping up to the plate more than they ever have. But if there are those out there that are listening right now, these are very good resources. Um, Not only are you listening to it right now on the radio program, but also go to our Facebook, The Anchor. Um, And we will have this program on there again, and you'll be able to listen to this and maybe write down the resources, you know. And so let's just go on with your journey, though, yeah. Mary, and talk a little bit about um, the book. You have written a book, and it's called She Won't Shrink Back. And you're telling in there about uh, a home that you built. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about that, too. Sure. So I... Um, I moved back in with my parents after college, and... I was looking for a place to live and I, I was looking for, you know, apartments and duplexes and houses to rent. I mean, I looked at a few houses to buy, but I was praying a lot about it. And finally we, I was, as I was praying, I felt the Lord really direct me, uh, four days in a row in four specific ways to buy land and build a house. And it's funny because I just never, I was never the type of person who wanted to build a house ever in my life. You know, a lot of people dream to do that. I never, that was never my dream or my goal to build a house. Hmm. Um, I'm very indecisive and all of that just kind of, I don't know, just overwhelms (laughs) me a little bit. So I'm like, Oh, who needs it? But, um, but I felt the Lord tell me specifically to buy that land and build the house. And so um, my book follows the journey of, of God telling me that and also just the important things that I learned in my 20s. It took me about two years from the time that God told me to build the house until I was actually able to move in the house. Um, there was a lot of difficulty with me getting the construction loan because I was so young. I was like 25 and um, construction loans are just harder to get than a normal mortgage. And so... Yeah, it, it, it took a while and I had to learn a lot about perseverance and waiting through that. And I also just knew that God was telling me to set set my home apart to be used for him. You know, um, I had to pray so much that the, you know, that the house would actually get built. And so it felt like a miracle to me that it actually got built. So I knew that it was a God thing and I knew that I wanted to use my house for him. And um, I never really thought I was going to have young, I, I never thought I was going to have teenagers yet. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was kind of anticipating getting young kids, but what's interesting now is my girls like to invite obviously their friends over quite a bit cause mm-hmm. they're freshmen in high school now. And so they like to have friends over and, um, it's just funny. So almost every weekend I have teenagers, lots of teenagers in my house and I'm just like, okay, Lord, like use my house for something. And, and a lot of their friends are pretty curious about me too. They think I'm pretty weird, (laughs) you know, that I'm not married and I took, and I took them in. And so they have a lot of questions for me too. Most of them, you know, are great opportunity. Yeah. They're kind of, you know, they see me as a Jesus person. And so they, (laughs) they are, I guess, interested or maybe just curious, uh, you know, they're not totally sold on anything, but they're curious. (laughs) So that's another great resource is your book. She won't shrink back. And, you know, for young people, especially that's wanting to step out in faith and obey God, this is a great, a great tool 
for you to get a hold of and to read. And as we're finishing up here, Mary, and I want you to be able to share about your blog and also about a ministry trip that you're getting ready to go on. But would you please share something for those that are interested in fostering or adopting just some of those highlights or those things that you really feel like that would help other people that you have learned and experienced by fostering in the last year? Yeah, and I would just say that um, for me, my age, I I never... I never was going to let my age be an excuse. I was never going to say, well, I'm too young, so I don't have to do that yet. Or I'm not married, so I don't have to do that yet. I just knew that God was asking me to do it. And so I needed to be obedient to him. And I would just say, I mean, I still think I'm so early in this journey. I mean, it's been 14 months, which has been a while, but it's still really early in this journey. And I would just say that it's all worth it. There's been a lot of challenges and I've made I'm sure a lot of mistakes and, um, you know, but I, I just know that the girls that Gabby and Anna are worth it to me and they're worth it to God. And so I wouldn't take back any, anything from it. Um, I, I think because I was younger when I first, and I'd never been a mom before. So when Gabby and Anna first came to my house, um, I first felt like their big sister instead of their mom. And it took me a couple of weeks to begin to feel like their mom. And, begin to wonder if it was okay for me to commit my whole heart to them as their mom because Mm -hmm. I actually know their mom and I'm and I talk to their mom every week and we visit their mom about once a month and everything so um, their mom is still a big part of their lives but I finally just told them after they'd been living with me a couple months that I was going to be their second mom for life because I wanted them to know that my heart was committed to them so um, it's it's kind of this balance I don't even know if you want to call it a balance but it's this um interesting spot where I have to commit to them with all my heart as their mom and just jump in and and be so um, committed in that way. But I also have to be flexible because um, they, there are other people in their lives who love them and there's other family members who love them very much. And um, I respect that and I, I care about that. And so we never know what our future is, but, and especially as they're getting older, you know, um, I have no idea what the future holds, but I just trust that they're in God's hands and have to trust that he's got a good plan for everything. So we just, yeah, well, and our situation is a little bit unique because um, about nine months into our case, DCS was wanting to close the case. There were some other factors involved. And so if I wanted to keep the girls, I had the option of becoming their legal guardian. And again, I said yes. And I said I wanted to do this, even though I was no longer going to receive any support from the state of Indiana. But um, I said yes at that time and became the girl's legal guardian. And so now we're functioning as more of a typical family and we don't have social services involved and it has been able to feel more long-term. So that's been good. And so as you share a little bit about your blog, I've been able to read some of your blog that I've been receiving on my email. And I just want to say that it's been very inspirational and oh, very you. helpful for me. I'm a mom, a grandma, uh-huh. and it, it, hey, still, you can yeah. learn something. It yeah. doesn't matter how old you are. You're very transparent. Um, you, you talk about the good and the bad, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's very good information if anybody wants to go to that. And how can they do that? Yeah, my blog is MaryNolan.net. So my last name is actually spelled N-O-L-E-N. So that trips people up sometimes because they think it's A-N at the end. But MaryNolan.net. And um, yeah, I, I usually try to blog once or twice a month and I just share what I'm learning or what has uh, been on my heart that month. And um, if you're like, 
sleepless one night or whatever and you want to go back through, I actually started this blog about five months before I got my girls. And so you can just kind of go through and see that journey. Uh, I blogged, you know, quite a bit through in the midst of that. So that's great. And, and also share a little bit about your missions trip. Yeah. So in a couple of weeks, Gabby and I, my older daughter, Gabby, she's 15. Um, she and I are actually going to Honduras on a mission trip and so she's excited to travel. She's never been out of the country and I've never been to Honduras either. Um, and we're going to be in a community that was hit by a hurricane a few years ago. And so we're going to be helping some widows that, um, need some help with house repair. And then we're also going to be doing a VBS and kind of some soccer stuff with some kids in the community. Yeah. So Gabby and I are really excited about going to Honduras and I'm really praying that it's going to be a big impact on both of us. And, um, a lot of people have asked me how they can help, and if you'd like to give money towards it, you can call me at my church office, which is 317-861-3880, or you can email me at mnolen, M-N-O-L-E-N, at brcconline.net, and we would just so appreciate all of your prayers for that. That Thank you. That would be awesome. There. That's awesome. That's exciting. My, I'm a missionary at heart anyways, too. Yeah. <laughs> so but that all comes together with the scripture that you quoted, true and pure religion, undefiled, that we take care of the widows and the orphans. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're taking care of them, you can't go wrong. That's true religion. And so, Mary, we just thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your story. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being with us today on The Anchor. Be blessed. If you would like to know more about resources mentioned in this interview, possible ministry opportunities, or to tell your own story on the anchor, email us at anchoredintherock at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.